0: hey guys welcome back to another episode of the my pristine mind podcast today you are joining us for a very special edition episode where we're going to chat about modern sexual exploration i hope you can sit back relax and enjoy the show Hey guys and welcome back another episode of the My Pristine Mind podcast and today is a special edition and we're going to be talking about sex all things sex and kind of why it is a taboo subject of today and I have a guest speaker on and this podcast is almost your podcast at this stage you've literally been on almost half the episodes crystal (laughs) from seed right bloom how are you
1: good how are you going i think it's just a sign for us to um finally
0: create one together as we've been talking about create a team we've had enough conversations about it already and it's like why not why not record an episode on this because we do fairly flow when we're talking about it and opening up conversation it's like yeah we should record let's record and put it out there
1: literally we just need to like reach out to viewers so what everybody's thinking should we just team up and create a podcast for you guys talking about anything out there taboo random let us know
0: absolutely yeah send them some feedback and like just before we start like i suppose it's it's important to put out that this isn't like a really deep um we're not going to go really deep into this this is going to be an an open conversation and it is just about raising raising the topic and having a conversation about it like because sex is a kind of a, a, a taboo topic in Ireland anyways and I suppose you can speak on behalf of Australia Crystal yeah look definitely so
1: like us having this conversation is just about creating the awareness of breaking that taboo to make it normalized to have conversations like this amongst people that you're comfortable talking with and friends and family um but it's definitely not diving deep and it's definitely not um diving into the psychology of it all and um it's very surface level
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I, i had an interesting conversation with a friend there actually a few days ago um and we were talking about the podcast. He was saying that he would listen to it and he loves it. Like, but he said the nice thing about it is, you know, we don't necessarily go extremely deep into topics, but it's great that we can open up conversations and just, you know, literally start a conversation about it. And me and him, we did, we did kind of because I told him about this podcast that we're going to do that we're going to start. Um, we're going to start talking about sex and some other topics around and stuff. And he was like, "That's fuck. That's great." Like, um. And he talked about it, his own his own like little issues and stuff with it, like, and it was cool. We just had a little conversation about it, and that's what it's all about, like just being able to talk about it and not feel weird like and not feel like, you know, we're talking about something illegal or something, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's just crazy, like how we perceive something to be sexual. And then you flip it on the coin and what we perceive to be just normal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, for example, when we were going ahead and we were talking about hitting this on Instagram to show to people my post for this podcast was a picture of myself, a black and white picture. And it shows, um, you know, a decent amount of cleavage, nothing overboard. I'm wearing like high waisted jeans. But did that Spark something in people. Like, if you think about it, on Instagram, you have women who are barely naked. You have women who are wearing bikinis, like thong bikinis. You see absolutely everything, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll get like a thousand likes and people will be like, yeah, that's cool. They're at the beach. Something that is opposite to that automatically clicks into people's minds that it's sexual. Mm -hmm. And that person is trying to be sexual all make a sexualized
0: statement right yeah i wonder is it because of like you know you've all you've had in the past on instagram and stuff and whatever you have put out that you wouldn't have ha- have shown shown off yourself like that as in is it like an expectation nearly or is it just people are are shocked
2: and i can
1: yeah and it can be and i think that comes down to the like the reason why we've been having this topic right like the taboo of sex and sexuality that you know, people have certain expectations of what that is, the boundaries around that, and what they expect of other people, right, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. For me especially, I don't really post um, anything personal on any of my social medias.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, like, I'll put things here and there, very basic stuff, like nature and whatnot, but I don't really put um, that much pictures of myself. And when I do, I'm I'm very clothed and rather conservative, Um so it would have been a shock to the system to people, but I do have other sides to me that particular people I <laughs> think get to see, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that again, it's just about breaking down that stigma of um, being exposed to different things and processing that yeah, in a I,
2: different I,
1: manner without jumping to that conclusion that it is sexual.
0: Exactly. I thought I was going to go after going to have to go out and get like a a bore. Do you know what I'm bore at? little bikini he has on can you can picture that the competition I
2: seen, was high i've
0: seen your post and you tagged me i was like oh god that's going to be a hard to top i think like, i was thinking yeah i'm going to have to go and get the borat bikini
2: mm-hmm.
1: you should have you should have we could have been like doing a voting session
0: you know yeah it's never too late it's which take his.
1: this yeah
0: which pick <laughs> is best yeah it'd be nice but to- actually
1: surprisingly from that post, despite like a couple of people um, being a little bit upset and surprised that I put a post like that, which I don't regret doing. I stand by what I wrote because it's about the caption. It's not about the photo. It's about the um, the photo triggering something in you. And then it explains within the caption what that's about. So I don't regret that because um, mm-hmm. I like to spark things in people. I'm rather controversial in that way. I love to push people to self-develop and spark inner truths within them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because I want people to do the same to me. But it was amazing, the feedback from it, actually. Like, on the other side of it, I had men messaging me about um, how they agree with this and how they've been um, having sudden addictions to porn and how they had the expectations um, that sex was very similar to porn which is unrealistic and then on the flip of the coin i had women messaging me like so many women were like this is amazing i'm living through this about time there's going to be a topic about it um and there's going to be some space to talk about um sexuality and sex and orgasms and what is expected of us as women within the bedroom
0: yeah the expectations like that it it's just a really bad mix of everything, like the use of porn, the the unrealistic, um, ideas of orgasms, from men, and I guess, you know, the lack of education about it. It it's when it's all mixed together, it just creates, you know, toxicity, like. And, it, it, you know, it's funny you mentioned porn, like, cause porn is is. It's a huge, huge problem now, and it's not talked about enough of, like there's so many bad things out there for for us um as a society, but porn is huge, and we don't have enough awareness about it by how 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 bad it is for us like i mean obviously it's it's not all bad there is some good you know there there is some um good aspects to it, but like there is genuine addictions there to porn genuine addictions and Mm -hmm. i guess like this again when you just have a conversation about it just to spark a little thought like "Mm, yeah maybe i am watching too much porn or maybe i do reach for porn if i'm feeling lonely or if i'm feeling this way and yeah that, that maybe i'm threading close with addiction there so maybe i should step back a bit
1: and it is and it can be and it can be addictive for people and it can be considered as an addiction for some people but at the end of the day you know We live in this fast track 21st century where we want everything now and everything has to happen now. And it's also very materialistic and superficial more than it's ever been, Mm -hmm. right? Like if we go back another five, 10 years prior, 15 years ago, it was never to the level of um, like artificial viewing the way it is now, Mm -hmm. right? Like women's bodies are perfect and they look absolutely stunning in these, like porn videos but then that goes at saying men their body is absolutely perfect and they're well endowed you know they're Mm -hmm. quite gifted and that makes it unrealistic as well on both sides absolutely and it comes from and it's also like a lack of education within the schooling you know like you have sex ed and um i remember that being in high school they talk about for guys like erections and wet dreams and wearing a condoms and for girls it's like okay you're going to have like oral contraception and um they also teach you how to you know put a condom on and they talk about your periods and stuff but they don't really get into how the genital area works and how it functions and what it all means and um also the labeling of everything to Mm -hmm. do with it as well like all the different bits and pieces it's kind of like yeah there's your vagina (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what it is It does seven things. Happy sex
0: ad. Yeah, my my experience of it was it it was like it was so structured almost like this is this. This is your penis. This is the vagina. These are all the little parts. This is how the egg travels. And this is where it comes from. um, And this is what happens once a month. It's like it was so structured and so rigid there was no oh. there was no like th- yeah there was nothing about like pleasure at all I don't think pleasure was touched on once in in my sex, ed- sex mm-hmm. education in school um
1: yeah
0: and I posted that time that we got you know uh, when I put up that post I, I, I mentioned that and um, we were shown diagrams on the whiteboard and um you know, it it was taught by by a woman. She was pretty close to retirement age in school. I'd say I I don't know <laughs> when, but like, it was just so weird. Like it was like oh god, like this is this is torture, um. But then on the post, one girl replied saying like you were lucky you got a diagram. We had to go out and learn, or, or you know I had to go out and learn myself. I had to learn from my own experience yeah. and my own self discovery. So. I was thinking, Jesus, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm, and you know, I'm a bit fortunate that I even got that. But I guess it is, it is, it is um getting better and better. Like it's not all, it's not all bad. I mean, we're having this conversation. This is a good thing. So, like, it it is it is moving forward.
1: But still, even that the the lack of education itself, um, within the schooling, whether they have it or not for people no matter like what time you learned this at school. The fact is it left people going on a journey of self-discovering, right? Mm -hmm. On how sex works, how to do different positions, how to interact with the opposite sex. And this is where the gaps come in. This is where the gray gaps come in because women are not exposed at home with their mothers or their sisters on um, sharing information with one another on how the body works and how it operates and different sensations, different ways to have orgasm, and really tuning into their body and understanding it. Mm-hmm. And then men are also not taught about this, and they don't even know about all their sensations and how to tune into their body and all different ways to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, we're left with so much gray. And because we're left with so much gray, boys at a young age are watching porn that's super unrealistic girls at that age do not know anything about themselves and especially in the world that we're living in that's super superficial and materialistic they are going to want to please the guy and it's been seen in many generations where a girl will do many things within the bedroom because they think that's what they have to do they think that's what they're obligated to do
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so they until they actually do some research or educate themselves then they realize oh wow there's different sensations to my body there's different things to do But then guys have this expectation, not all guys, but there is guys that they're thinking that rough, abusive sex is going to make a girl orgasm because they're watching porn where a girl's getting choked and they're slapping the girl in the face Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, penetrating her relatively hard. They think, oh, a girl's going to orgasm over that. And then when it doesn't happen, they're sitting there saying to the girl, well, what's wrong with you? You're not doing this. And then you have women thinking, oh, my God, why can't I orgasm through penetration
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're thinking they're faulty and then it starts this whole reasoning why sex is so taboo why no one talks about it and because also, there's so much shame and judgment around it as well
0: and that can really shut down someone too t- to sex in the future like um you know if you have that really bad experience a couple of times um be it your first your first time having sex or you know even after a couple of times if you've experienced that you're going to shut down and you're going to not want to do that again you're not going to want to try it like isn't if the guy is coming in and thinking that he has to slam you as hard as possible to make you orgasm and and that's a horrible experience for you then why why would you want to do that again like it's
1: so true and i mean it's so true and and it can be a little bit traumatizing as well like for women it can be traumatizing because you're trying to figure out um what you're meant to be doing but then you see these things and you're like well how come they're enjoying it but i'm not enjoying it like i know from personal experience at a young age at a young age like i had sex at a very young age and the first experience i had i just i felt like no i don't want to do that again and for many years i didn't Mm -hmm. as to much people's disbelief i just didn't do anything i wasn't sexual i didn't do anything And then I um, started dating someone and then I try that again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like being intimate. And he would say, oh, I don't think you're really enjoying this. And I would sit back going, yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not. Like, I don't know why. I'm just not. And um, it wasn't until I got older, you know, like I got into my 20s, I started learning reading more and learning more about myself and like how to make things happen for myself and how my body operates and that's super essential but also goes back to some texts again with that sexual education you know in the victorian era they actually took out a lot of um information about female genitalia and they only left the reproductive system there Mm mm-hmm So that left a lot of misinformation for people and it was just solely focused on like you have your period and this is where the penis is inserted and this is where your clitoris is and you have sensation from your clitoris and this is like where the G-spot is and this is how you give birth. And it's very limited. Mm -hmm. It's just just that.
0: Like it's so sad to think that people, you know, years ago – didn't have any information about it that they had to go through life not being able to fully dive into this and understand it like um i really do feel lucky that that the era we're in that we can we can explore it and we can learn about it more
2: (laughs) Really?
1: well i mean you know sex was a thing back in the day like we're talking about ancient civilizations it was very explored and it was very open and It wasn't taboo, and then obviously, when we become more modernised, a lot of things that makes us human became taboo, and there was a lot of stigma around it, right? Because everything was structured and regulated. Mm. And um, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, they were treating women for hysteria when they were feeling aroused and they um, were orgasming. They they called it hysteria. I didn't know that. yeah so there's just i won't dive into the history of it but there's just so many things that it's pretty like wowing um but apart from that what you're saying it's so nice that we can even have this conversation even in this day there's a lot of countries where um talking about sex is, is just complete no mm-hmm. and it's even a taboo to just talk about periods like where people do not conversate about even having a period and it's countries that are very very masculine dominated mm-hmm. and everything's based on producing children and about the man's desires and the man's um wants and needs rather than a woman
0: um just to go back to what you were saying um you know with your first experience and stuff um from a from a male's perspective like you know when I when I come out of school, um, like peer pressure too is is a huge factor. Um, from men men, anyways, I'm, and I'm not really sure from a woman's perspective. But for example, like um, when I was in my my you know eighteen eighteen years old, nineteen years old, you're going out to parties and stuff, um, out to the pubs, and um, I've had some friends where they would be, you know taking home a lot of girls like very often and i was a i was a very at the time i thought i was an extremely late bloomer like because i was at the time you know so nervous because i had a you no know, i learned everything from porn and i would have seen how it was done and i was nervous and thinking jesus if i don't do this now i'm going to be a, a let down <laughs> to, to me and the girl so i used to literally not go there um my friends used to try and set me up with girls, and I'd come up with some excuse, because I was just too nervous, and um, I just kind of self-sabotaged, you know, but that peer pressure was, was, was not nice, like, and it kind of, I feel like it, it, it set me back quite a while, but it, it's, it's only when I got a bit older, that I started to relax in my own, my own body, my own mind, and kind of started to explore, but it did take a while, like, and at the beginning it wasn't a nice experience because it was so nerve-wracking and I know I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. um but like that peer pressure is is a tough one as well you know when you when you when you meet up then the next day and all 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 your friends are like oh yeah what happened did did you go back and did you bang her like and um you're just like oh yeah yeah I did yeah it was great yeah savage (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I gave her I gave her an awful gun over yeah yeah (laughs) because then and you're like oh (laughs) Jesus Christ like no I didn't (laughs) in my own mind like yeah another another letdown in my mind like but like yeah you're so caught up in your own mind and I guess it's a mindset thing too you need to you need to kind of be be um calm in your own mind and calm enough to be able to relax and kind of connect with your body and stuff like that you know
1: Yeah, and that's the huge thing around it. It's not about sex itself, about actually having sex. It's also about understanding your body and how your body works and all the different sensations and all the different ways that you can orgasm with your body and being in tune with your body. Because once you're, as like, people might say, oh, well, that's just ridiculous. But you know what? Once you understand your body and what makes you tick, and the sensations and the way you can um, be aroused and how you can actually get to the point of climaxing. You don't hold expectations on someone else that you're being intimate with. Mm -hmm. You just don't because you know how it works for you so you can make it happen in that situation. Otherwise, you're constantly going to be um, at the point where you're disappointed. And you're disappointed because you don't understand your body and you're expecting someone who you don't really know come in have a complete foreign landscape to explore with and you're expecting them to know Mm
2: -hmm. how
1: to, you know, please you when you don't even know how to do it yourself. Like there's been a lot of conversations where women go, I don't know how to orgasm with a partner. I've never orgasmed with a partner. I can only do it um, by myself. And it's either that they have a particular mindset, Um, there could be trauma which is a deeper deeper level but on a surface level the way we're discussing it it's also because they don't feel comfortable because they haven't fully explored their body to understand how to make themselves orgasm with the partner
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and then that whole thing where you're saying that you have peer pressure where the boys are like hey did you end up taking her home on the other side for girls if a girl sleeps with a guy girls be like so was he big or you know did he know how to, you know, mm-hmm.
2: do it. Yeah.
1: And it's always a disappointing thing where it's like, oh, he was a jackhammer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't know what he was doing. He was just, you know, fast and furious or wanted to do every single position within, you know, two minutes that he could last. And that's also comes from, again, that mentality where young boys are watching porn at a young age. There's not a lot of porn that is sensual. No. Like, in the category that we would consider sensual. A lot of the porn is the guy is either very physical or very abusive, or if not, um, it's just about them. And they're literally just, like, pounding the girl. There's no actually rotation of the hips or movement of the hips or flow between the two. It's kind of like bang, 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 bang. So when two random people hook up and it's like bang, 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 then the girl's left. Like, what was that? Mm-hmm. And then the guy's like, yeah, that was just a quick thing instead of
2: using my hand. It's just like nothing. Mm-hmm. Of course it's nothing,
0: because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And even like, even the porn that is sensual and, the, and, and you know, does try and show that much, that, that kind of build up and that intimacy. Like, oh, I don't think I know any guy that watches that. I'd say they fast forward to the good bit, <laughs> the bit that they want to see. They're not going to stick through the twenty minutes, the thirty minutes beforehand. They're going to go to the last, the last fifteen minutes, and that's brought into the bedroom. And that's what that's what's ingrained into your mind. Uh mm-hmm. huh.
1: Yeah. And that's the speaking from experience. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's like they're used to that whole. Um, imagination that fantasy and that kink and i mean there's nothing wrong with kink there's nothing wrong with doing mm-hmm. stuff like that but at the same time you can't just do that with anyone girl or guy you can't just do that with anyone you need to have permission from that person you need to have some sort of like connection with that person in order to have that um understanding and to be able to share that experience of that kind of level
2: mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on on women then exploring their own bodies? I mean, how where where do you where do you start with that or how do you kind of
2: like Oh god,
1: you know, I'm a full advocate for it. Mhm. It's important. It's yeah. so important and it's been so scrutinized, I think um for women to do that. Like now it's slowly coming to light. Like there's a lot of womb healing, yoni healing self-exploration like exploration um that is out there Mm -hmm. you know like workshops and books it's becoming more and more exposed and i mean i think the more it becomes exposed and the more that women allow themselves to be exposed to it and talk about it the more they're going to learn about it like they will learn that they can have 24 different orgasms and they can have 11 orgasms vaginally and they can explore things using different techniques it's just I'm really all for it. I think women should do that. And even just talking to women, how often do you orgasm? Some women will say, oh, I do it once a month or every second month whenever I have sex with my partner. Mm -hmm. And then if you say to them, have you thought about doing it daily? The shock, the pure shock that just like drops over their face. (laughs) They're just like, what? What? daily and i'm like yeah have you thought about exploring your body and having orgasms daily it's a part of self-care it's a part of like it's like a stress relief it's mm-hmm. also coming into yourself and being grounded and connecting with yourself and connecting with your body and feeling in tune mm-hmm. it's on a deeper level you know Absolutely. than just yeah than what it is
0: I don't think I've come across a whole pile of um, information about, you know, about men exploring. Um, personally, I've only started kind of re- really diving into my own, my own body um, in the last couple of years. Like that's very recent and I'm 29 now. So it's only been very, very recently that I started really um, exploring and experimenting with myself but i haven't done that through, with 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 outside information i just started kind of thinking there's more to, there's more to this like um there's more to me and i i know there's more to sex and there's more to intimacy so i started exploring a little bit more but it's interesting when you talk about the information available for for women have you seen much for men
1: well yes i have in the sense of um tantric practices Mm -hmm. and those kind of tantric practices come down to understanding your body and yourself and how men can build up a climax and have a more intensified orgasm Mm -hmm. and that can be through um, foreplay and breath work and connecting with their partner Mm -hmm and there's also work around especially like there's a lot to do with breath as well um obviously to not have like experience premature ejaculation Mm -hmm. but also there is breath work for men who take a really long time to ejaculate because there is men that can take up to like two or three hours Mm -hmm. so and there's also mindset training around it as well
0: yeah it is like it the mind controls like so much of it so much of it and if you can start to control your mind better then you can control everything else better and it's funny you talk about breath work like because i'm sure a lot of people know that i'm um big into the the, you know cold therapy and wim hof's method but in his book he talks about breath work um for people for men who's, who suffer with uh, premature ejaculation, and how you can use the breath to, mm-hmm. to relax yourself and go longer, like and that's the first time I have ever um, incorporated breath work, breath work, breath work, excuse me, with sex.
1: I actually have it in one of my guides as well. I mm. have a breath work guide that I have available that's free for people, and um that's one of them. I have that in there, and I also have it in for women trying to orgasm.
0: Can you talk about it with women? How, how exactly does it work with women?
1: Well, I mean, it can be complex. Sometimes it can be due, due to the breath um, mm-hmm. and the body being relaxed and that comfortability. Uh, some of it is also to do with mindset um, and tuning in with their body. So it is complex. There's no one answer for everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if we're just focusing on the topic of just pure breath work, um, so when if we're going back to in relation to porn like we we're talking about before, if we watch porn, the breath that's in it is quite rapid for women.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're breathing quite heavy and they're exhilarated and they're breathing quite fast, right? So women take that on naturally because that kind of breath excites a man. It's what usually makes a man um ejaculate faster. Mm-hmm um but it's not normal for a, a woman they, like it's not like they're going there throwing their nervous system out of whack and they're going into um fight mode because they're just doing the breath really quickly it's mm-hmm. like I won't do it (laughs) on the podcast, but they're doing it really fast. Yeah. And it's not normal because then their body starts going into a stress mode, right? And when they're going into a stress mode, their body's like, what are we doing here? What are we running from? What's happening? And they're kind of, their heart rate is getting elevated. And because they feel like they're rushing and they're elevated and they're breathing really fast, they're just so focused on just like having some sort of oxygen run through their body that they're not relaxed. And when they're not relaxed, they cannot orgasm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for a woman to orgasm, they need to feel the flow. They need to feel the connection. They need to have slowness. So they need to slow and drop into their breath and breathe and drop into that breath and really feel everything. You can't drop into that and feel everything, like all the sensations and everything that's happening. When you're breathing really quickly, like you're running a marathon. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I would say sprint. Which...
1: Yeah, or a sprint. It depends on the woman.
0: <laughs> well, I'd like to—I'd like to think of of, of of sex as a marathon. It's not a race. It's a marathon. It's a long, well, not necessarily long, but it's not a, a sprint to the finish. Um. Whereas a race, it's it's get there as quick as you can, which is it, which is not what it is. Um, I mean, like moans and stuff are
1: relative, but the breathing, yeah, that is questionable.
0: Just before, okay, um, I didn't want to forget. I want to go back and touch on um, all the different all the different orgasms that women can have. Can you can you go back and and talk about that a bit more? As in, so that's pretty new to me. It's definitely new to a lot of listeners. Um,
1: oh god, that's like a whole new podcast in itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well,
0: probably. Um, seeing as I don't know anything about it, I don't know. So. <laughs> Um,
1: we might have to have a sub chat after this yeah
0: yeah <laughs> part four coming soon <laughs> well
1: um yeah so you were saying what would you like to know about that
0: well I mean you said did you mention 11 um vaginal orgasms did I hear that correctly yes you did so is that 11 physical like physical straight to do with the, with the vagina or can you explain that a bit more
1: yeah that's that's right and then they say that a woman can experience about like i'm going off resources
2: mm-hmm.
1: by the way so um just so people know because i i know there could be a listener going no actually i've googled this and this is this there's actual resources on this um so 24 different orgasms overall in the body that i have read in multiple resources Mm -hmm. and other ones are 11 that is just purely um in the genitalia region
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um yeah so i mean it gets a little bit in depth it's i'll give you one in particular that's a little bit detailed because other ones would become really detailed if we dive into it Mm -hmm. but one in particular so if we um so obviously the most common stimulation that a woman feels is within the clitoris
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and the clitoris is just very small and it just sits at the top and people think that's it. That's the clitoris, but it actually is quite large and it wraps around the canal of the vagina Mm -hmm. internally. And apart from stimulating it on an external sense, when you're being penetrated in a particular angle in a particular way, you can orgasm internally Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, by having the clitoris um, that is wrapped around the vagina canal being stimulated. Mm -hmm. And it will give off the same sensation, maybe even stronger, as it would if you were stimulating the external clitoris.
0: Mm, Interesting.
1: So that's what I mean. There's just so many different parts of the body that we haven't been educated in fully and has really limited our perception of our views of our anatomy
2: mm-hmm.
1: that really needs to be talked about and really expressed because like I said, sex is beyond the intimacy level. It's also about understanding every part of your body and what it is. Like most women, if you say, Hey, where's your clitoris? There's no way in hell they're going to know that. Mm-hmm. Like, no way in hell. Like, when I found out that information, how large the clitoris was, and it went internally, and it wrapped around the vagina canal, I was like, what? (laughs) This is absurd. How did I not know this? Like, I had this. (laughs) (laughs) It, like, blew my mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's new information to me as well, I have to admit.
1: See what I mean? So there's just so much, even for males, there's so much to do with the genitalia region that... If we don't start these conversations, if we do not spark self-exploration, if we do not spark um, curiosity for people to go and find resources to learn about this, then we're never going to know. And then continuously within society and within generations, we're going to create like ignorance Mm -hmm. basically about what sexuality is and what it is to be a male or be a female um and or any other gender for that matter you know however you identify it's just about understanding your anatomy your body what makes you tick what makes you work and how to incorporate that within your private space with yourself or with the person that you feel comfortable and trust
0: yeah and like it can just be very simple like just spark a little conversation with your partner um you know put on this podcast let's do it together (laughs) like that's all it that's all it takes is just to spark a conversation and just open up a little bit I mean for a lot of people this is going to be new a lot of new information for them and they might be overwhelmed not even overwhelmed but just like where do I start like if I do want to start exploring myself where do I start um and that's a good place just to have a little conversation with your partner because you might have done it on a real surface level, but I mean, have you done it on a deeper level? Have you asked what really turns you on and what part of you, you know, is really sensitive when you're by yourself, for example, what parts do you touch and what parts do you, what do you think about and this kind of stuff. It's just about sparking that little conversation. And to the lead up of this this podcast, um, I was thinking about it so much more. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, if I'm with, with, a, with, um, a girl with a partner, whatever, and we're building up to have sex, if I was to put myself in the mind frame, like, I am not going to get any pleasure out of this. So this is completely about her. What would I do and how would I approach it? And it's something I, I would have never kind of thought about before. You know, I never put, um, her needs ahead of mine so a selfish lover in other words there's been times when I've been a selfish lover and again this is a conversation I sparked with one of my friends so this is what got me thinking about it and I think it's interesting for a male if you can put yourself in that or you know ask yourself that question how can I put her needs 100% before mine um what would I do and how do I need to discover you know if I don't know what to do then, maybe I should talk to her about it if you can if you ask yourself that question and you don't know what you should do or what what you need to do to put her her pleasure before yours, then maybe it's the time you have a conversation about it
1: absolutely, and even just being halfway, you know there's things that will spark pleasure within yourself when you're giving pleasure as well Mhm, so it's all about exploring that too yeah and being comfortable to explore it and just holding space for one another where there's no judgment there's no expectations there's no shame it's just pure love and connection Mm -hmm. like that is very essential because it starts getting really uncomfortable when people start judging one another like oh you have this fetish, or do you have this like don't worry about that just share the experience Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and you know if you're in that position then you know what you have this fetish you like this and and if you close off to your partner about that they're not gonna open up again about about anything they're into you know that's that's going to make them feel uncomfortable so yeah but also that if that is
1: sorry
0: no I was going to say it's nice that you said that like it's nice that you brought that up um but Also,
1: if you feel triggered by that, I think if you feel triggered by that in your partner, like if your partner brings something to the table and you feel triggered in that, there's some sort of resistance or uncomfortability within inside you that you're judging, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an opportunity for you to sit with it and an opportunity for you to inquire with that. Not to say that you shouldn't have healthy boundaries, Like there may be some things that your partner may bring up and it's just, not within your parameters Mm -hmm. that's different so i'll explain the difference really briefly one could be a partner might say hey i want to have a threesome that's exactly what i want to explore this is what i want in my sex life that may not be for you maybe you're very monogamous and you just want to be with that one person and you don't want to explore a threesome that's your boundaries that's completely fine you don't need to inquire and bend and flex to that. another one could be a partner will come to you and be like i want to get spanked like i want you to smack me like you know during the lead up i want to feel that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: if you're like no that's not for me maybe sit with that and inquire with that
0: Mm -hmm. that's a great point that's a great example actually
1: yeah so just like filtering out and knowing those differences is Mm -hmm. very essential
0: and you'd be surprised what you what you kind of you know if you do sit with it sit back and take your time it's surprising if you come back to your partner and you say okay yeah maybe I'm willing to try this I'm willing to try it and and if you know maybe I like it maybe I don't but I'll give it a go like that can really um you know set light something in your partner that's like you know this is really nice my partner's willing to try something new with me like and it, it inspires trust and it inspires you know, a greater kind of hunger for passion. Mhm,
1: and a deeper
0: connection as well. Mhm. And what about toys? Can we talk a bit about toys? What are, What are your um? Oh, I didn't
1: know we were
2: getting on this topic. Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a surprise topic. I this uh, this one sketched out this is in the surprise yeah, category. Really. What,
2: what what
0: <laughs> well you know what sparked it i was I, I have a little funny story i might as well go into it um because when i i said mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when i started exploring like even toys and stuff for men i was thought like no that's just a sick sick fetish or something you don't need to get toys but um when i started exploring my own my own body um i started exploring with um with rings and vibrating rings and this kind of stuff and different lubes and different um do you know different things and i used to go into we, there was a, a shop it's called um in Ireland it's called deals you know you go in and everything is 2 euros everything you know one of them shops mm-hmm. so i used yeah. to go in there and i used to buy <laughs> i used to buy out the shelf almost of toys um try everything i used to try everything out you know some stuff I didn't like some stuff i thought was unbelievable um well I used to be so embarrassed going up to the counter at the beginning like I do you know, I used to get one toy and I buy a heap of unnecessary other stuff just to cover it like and have this little toy in the middle of it and if anyone said something to me I would have had an, an excuse lined up oh what's that doing there I didn't mean to buy that <laughs> but <laughs> oh by, by, by the by the couple of times I went in there I was going in, I was buying the shelf and I said I don't give a shit <laughs> give, me, give me the toys <laughs> but I was that's I,
2: radical yeah that's yeah
0: but there was one there was one um time I, I went up and um uh, literally I had my two arms out holding these toys and um I didn't notice but my what toys
1: were they if you don't mind sharing
2: with
0: us I had some vibrating rings see they're disposable ones so they only lasted um I can't remember how, how long they lasted was it like maybe it was like 20 to 40 minutes or something like that and you couldn't replace the battery, right. so I used to buy a heap of them. They were only two euros. So I used to, like, my I do you know, spend ten euros on them. Whatever, like, I used to get a lot of them. But I was mm-hmm. in I was in the line, um, with my girlfriend at the time, and I and I didn't notice, but my my ex girlfriend was standing in front of me in the line, and I just, oh
2: my god, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so just when I noticed, my heart rate boom shut up! I was like, oh crap this is this is awkward um she turned around and she looked at me and goes oh hey how are you and i just seen her eyes glance down um to what was in my arms and i was like oh god this is so awkward <laughs> it was so awkward like and i just got out i just got out of there i was like oh jeez that was that was mad but i I just laughed about it i said fuck it you know <laughs> But like oh,
1: that's just as bad as somebody walking in on you,
0: yeah, it probably was, it probably was but that <laughs> that was a really nice time for me to like because so much changed. you know like that little thing of taboo kind of left. I knew toys I said these are good, like it's good to experiment with this stuff i i I figured out I like some of this stuff and i'm, I'm going I'm gonna try out some new stuff, like whereas before I was so worried about it and thought it was nearly if you use these things you're less of a man or something you know but I was really really enjoyed trying out these things and I I felt liberated nearly like
1: yeah I mean it's good I think it's great for men and women to explore with different um, how can I say I wouldn't say toys because there's so many different things that you can explore with like massage oils um, you know body candle wax you can explore with of the obvious toys you can explore with obviously food like sensual eating um there's so many different like i guess um i wouldn't even say them tools like i don't even know how you would categorize it there's even games that you can play as well like you can make it fun and have like ball games and stuff mm-hmm. there's different things the only thing that i think for women is that when women are purchasing vibrators and dildos it's I think it's very, very um, good to do your research on high-quality grade silicon and also to do your research on um, what kind of product it is, like how it's made and manufactured, just for the fact that it can cause problems. Mm -hmm. So, like, one problem is that it can throw your pH levels off internally um, and some women may experience maybe yeast infections or whatnot so it's it's really important for them to explore that and also with different lubricants they might have um allergenic um like effects from it so mm-hmm. it's really good for them to go ahead and explore that as well um another thing is that i'm really not for like i didn't mind actually incorporating vibrators in my sex life mm-hmm. but um it was like a few years ago, I came across somebody who was um, educating and holding workshops about crystal toys, like crystal dildos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, crystal? I was like, well, that's a bit, that's relatively hard. <laughs> you know, like crystal glass toys, you can play with these. That's a bit daunting. But then I started – I went to one of those workshops and I started learning a lot about it and reading about it. And I also found out that vibrators can desensitize women and desensitize their clitoris. So if you're at the point – if you're a woman and you're listening to this, if you can't have it on a low setting and you constantly have to ramp it up to the highest setting, it's because the nerves are getting desensitized. And it can be really hard to regenerate that back. It can be to the point where you can feel nothing. So –
2: C- there is a dangerous be...
1: side with toys.
0: Sorry for interrupting. Um, c- can it be regenerated if you do lose that sensitivity?
1: I mean, they would have to seek, seek medical advice for that um, because it depends on how long they've been using it or mm-hmm. what they're using, what kind of speed they're having. That's like you know, definitely for a health practitioner to advise them. Um, but it's just something that women need to be wary about because it might be all good fun, but it's definitely not healthy.
0: And what would um, like an alternative be for for, if someone is so used to have, of the vibrator, like what what would you suggest to to try out as an
1: alternative? Go back to the basics, using your fingers, feeling you know feeling all the different sensations that are there, and like exploring that with your partner because using a vibrator is just like a a quick fix it's kind of like a guy watching porn and they're quickly whacking one out you know Mm -hmm. like guys can do that within a minute or two but if they're with a girl it might be a different story they might take a little bit longer Mm -hmm. so i think go back to basics is definitely what i would say Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's 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 uh it's an interesting one um
1: yeah, because if because if you can't orgasm right without having a vibrator, or you don't know how to orgasm without a vibrator, that is a clear sign that you do not understand the sensations of your body and you're not in tune with your body. Mm-hmm. That's not to say once you are in tune with your body and you understand your sensations, to rule it out because each to their own. If that is what you enjoy and that's what you would love to keep incorporating, then do what makes you happy. But just be aware of. Um, the adverse effects that may come with that within time. And it's good to just know different things. So you can make a conscious choice in what you're doing with your body and with yourself and what you're exploring.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. (laughs) And, like, in terms of for men, because you said it's, like, you know, the same as for men whacking one out on in a minute to watching porn it's it's similar Mm -hmm. for a woman using a vibrator and only taking a minute or two minutes whatever they might take um Mm -hmm. it's good you know to try well first of all it's easy to say you know don't watch porn but try abstainment for a while um whatever i don't know everyone is different obviously everyone watches at a different amount and everyone you know use it differently but try and abstain from it and notice how your body is is feeling what what changes are happening in your body you know what are you what are you thinking about because almost like the vibrator desensitizing women porn I feel desensitizes your imagination because if you're going there and everything is just there in front of you you're not using your head it's just numbed almost so when you abstain from it start to think about you know really really like what do you like and what what is it that you that that kind of gets you stimulated and start to explore that and start to explore your own body but when you when you don't watch porn it doesn't mean you have to stop stop you know pledging yourself or whatever like just do it try try out some new things do it differently there's so many different ways also for men that we can touch on like that just when you watch porn you just don't do it you know
1: Yeah, absolutely i mean in that sense of when you said that um abstaining from porn for men when you're giving that advice to men is that like also from personal experience, and you know what is your perception around
2: that when you're yeah saying absolutely.
1: That that's it is relevant? Like, yeah.
0: and again i 'm going back um, to when I first discovered this when I first so everything happened a few years ago, as you can tell, this is when I really said like something has to change here I, i'm not happy with with how i 'm viewing sex and how i 'm viewing my own body, I need to change so. And um, that was one of the things i done i stopped stopped watching porn and um, and I think i didn't watch it for i think it was a it, it was like three months and it was huge no it didn't take three months to notice a huge difference after one week. I noticed a huge difference a a difference in how I thought about women a difference in how I thought about myself a difference in how how i felt a difference in my you know my sex drive, everything changed, and it changed dramatically. It wasn't just subtle changes. it was a big change for me um
1: so the change that you found in yourself is that beyond sex, like beyond sexual was it on a deeper level
0: I think so, yeah, I think it was a whole little mindset change now, I think at the time i, I wasn't um i wasn't a very, very deep thinker as much as I would be now i wouldn't analyze 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 it as much. But I just felt so much better. I felt my confidence changed. Because when I noticed my sex drive changed, it affects everything else. My confidence. You know, I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. like, this is, this is, this is how I should feel, like. And, you know, sensations changed. I got more sensitive. And I started, like, even, you know, stroking myself differently and I, I i won't get too deep into it because I, I i i guess we shouldn't this should be surface level
1: but then <laughs> yeah, like your sister or your mom or someone listens to
0: this oh music, they're, okay. they're going to be well <laughs> I'll warned never
1: look at you the same
0: if i if i can find some way of blocking them of listening to this um and if you've listened to the, this far yeah just don't mention it to me just don't even give me don't even leave a review please i'd rather not but um, oh it's like that, like, I mean, yeah, it, obviously it is a bit awkward, but it's better to have a conversation about it and it's natural. Um, And unfortunately, yeah. you know, I didn't have this conversation. Well, I wouldn't have felt comfortable and I was having this conversation with, with any family member, I think, Um, when I was younger. But um, I suppose from their point of view, I'd like to think that they're happy that I am able to talk about it and bring, you know, change the family dynamic a small bit i guess because it's important
1: so was it never a topic in your household at all
0: not at all no not at all not at all
1: not even a peep
0: not even a peep i'm just thinking i don't think it was ever ever brought up now and saying that my household at times is not always closed sometimes we can have we can have open conversations but not sexually Mm -hmm. not 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 about um intimacy sex right? i don't think we've ever had a conversation about it
1: right i grew up a little bit differently actually it was kind of odd and i think for me as a female trying to understand my body and, and learn about myself and also learn about how to be intimate with um a partner like that was a yeah a lot of discovery but It was a little bit confusing. In my household, it was definitely spoken about, but not spoken about in the sense of, like, this is your body, this is how it works, this is what it means kind of thing, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It was more of just passing, joking conversations. That's what it was, like, passing, joking conversations. Like, I remember my grandmother would be like, oh, you know, if you don't want to get pregnant, make sure you have the light on and have your legs up. It's, like, just random, (laughs) like jokes like this it just like it was random things or um yeah or just like my dad would joke about something or my parents would joke with one another Mm -hmm. as well like they'll say like little comments to each other in a joking but you know it's very sexualized you know Mm -hmm. um yeah just like things like that with a topical conversation all the time
0: and how do you think the little, little jokes and them little, them little uh, catchphrases, I guess? You know, like, how do you feel that, that that went down? I mean, did it even spark a bit, like, as in, yeah, I mean, if I needed to talk to them about something, I can, because at least they're aware of it. Or Or did it make you feel awkward? No, because
1: that's the thing. They didn't... <laughs> They made little jokes and stuff about that, but they didn't want to have the conversation about it. And it was a generational thing. So they didn't want to have the conversation about sex because they don't want to view their daughter becoming sexually active. Mm -hmm. And they didn't like, my mom didn't even want to talk about periods with me. That was a very uncomfortable thing for her as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just all generational, right? But passing comments were just passing comments with my family Are very outspoken they're very playful they're always very like happy and playful um and everybody's just always having um just a lot of like banter going on Mm -hmm. so this kind of like chat um was normal but when it came to actually like serious topics it just wasn't um going to happen and it was generational Mm -hmm. because they didn't have it with their parents and their parents didn't have it with their parents
2: yeah yeah, and
1: also not just that they weren't familiar with it either could you imagine like if they haven't had those chats with their parents especially like i'm just talking about from a female perspective then they they don't even really know themselves so how can they share that how can they talk about it if they haven't done the self-discovery and they've been suppressing themselves
2: mm-hmm.
0: if if you've got any tips for let's say someone's listening now and and they they, they have a, a son or a daughter or whatever, and they want to, you know, they want them to to have more information about this, but they feel too awkward to have a conversation. Do you have any other, like, alternative way that they can um, spark something? Whether it's true, like, giving them information, giving them, giving them something to, for them to find out even, or what, what do you suggest? I definitely think it depends
1: on the age. Um, and starting off with something small, like a puberty book, so they can understand like the changes that are happening within their body mm-hmm. and what it means. Um, there's some really, really great modern puberty books out there that go into better detail than sex education does at school. And then slowly progressing from there, just like educating them on safe sex, um, STDs, STIs, how to be respectful, what consent means, and what consent means on both sides. I know the focus is on about men having consent, like getting consent from a female, but no, it is both sides. The two parties having consent to be in a particular Mm -hmm. sexual experience, um, And then having it a gradual from there and then also talking about expectations and then building it up to understanding your body, learning about your body and then understanding the other person's body. And that it's more than just putting your penis inside a vagina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's There's more to it. There's the understanding of the body. There's also the mindset. There's also boundaries and respect. Um, and understanding self. So I think it's a gradual journey. It's not something that you would just lay on to a teenager, like, you better stop watching porn, son, because you know what's going to happen. You're going to think that it's normal to rail a girl. Like, you just, you don't talk like that, right?
2: You yeah. just don't. Yeah.
1: It has to be a gradual thing. So then their mind is expanded and they understand on a deeper concept and a broader concept outside their own pleasure. hmm yeah
0: for sure so that was um. it was it, it was an interesting episode which you did is there anything else that you'd like to touch base on before we wrap up today uh, no not at
1: all how
0: about yourself I'll, I have to go through my full page notes here that I frantically took down as you were talking throughout this episode but uh, <laughs> I'll get back to you <laughs> um all i guess right. like there there there's so many more factors we could we could touch base on and i mean i i had notes of of things i i, I kind of wanted to touch base on like i had like you know anxiety and stress um these type of things that all affect sex but um you know we g- genuinely like you said earlier there there you could have any amount of episodes on this with different sections and um different areas you can touch on but
1: we i just think that it was, podcast just on sexology to be honest
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and i didn't realize how deep i knew you know we're going touching on this pretty surface level but it's 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 hard not to get sucked in um excuse the pun in uh into this topic because it it's so deep and it's so diverse there's so many different alleyways you can go down but I'm glad we can have this conversation and I loved talking about it with you. Honestly, it was a pleasure now and um, I really hope everyone else enjoyed it as well. Likewise. Likewise
1: and thank you. Like, it's been great, like, sharing the experiences and diving into it. But the only thing I can say to people is that if you're not too sure... um, well, you just want to touch on something that we've mentioned in this podcast, reach out to us, send us a DM. We love hearing from people. We love talking to everybody about their experiences. James and I are very, very open to receiving this. Um, and if you would like us to elaborate a little bit more or create another podcast, just let us know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think I think a lot of people um, are going to be quite interested and excited for more. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I hope so. And where can everyone reach you?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've got two different platforms happening right now. So um, definitely you can reach me um, at SeedriseBloom on Instagram. If not, I do have my personal one, which is connected to that, um, again, on Instagram, and it's Holistic Wanderer. You'll see my tag in my own personal um, Instagram. Well, my own business Instagram, I should say, not personal. But on there, I kind of randomly put up um, more controversial posts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like the one for this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. People love, people, people, people love that stuff deep inside. That's you f- just
1: have to. And it's just, you just have to do it sometimes. I know for people, it's very uncomfortable, but you know what, like we live in such a fake era, it is about time that we start getting raw and honest and authentic and just really talking about things just the way they are, like coming back to the humanism of it all and just talking about it. And it's so great that, you know, we can do that. We can hold space for people to do that like we've done with this um, segment today.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's all it is. It's just opening up a little conversation and not being afraid um not being afraid to talk about it um Mm -hmm. and sometimes I use the word about you know being vulnerable you know don't be afraid to be vulnerable and experience different things but I don't even think this was a point where I felt vulnerable because I know that this is this should be normalized and Mm -hmm yeah, I think we took one small step in the right direction of normalising it a small bit for a lot of people. So, um, happy days. Definitely happy days. So, Crystal, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Probably going to need to rename this whole podcast um, and include your name because you've been (laughs) on so many of them. (laughs) But every time it's been a pleasure and um, I always look forward to having you on. So, thanks for joining and um guys thanks for tuning in really appreciated um the both of us and we love putting this stuff out for you we love teaming up um because we flow well together and we're really good friends um, outside of the podcast so thanks for tuning in yeah we in. are mm-hmm.
1: thanks so much for having me on again and um yeah opening up a can of worms for this to be discussed it's been exciting
0: mm-hmm. for sure for sure all right crystal thanks for joining me and We'll chat soon. Thank
1: you.